Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley's show. And uh, thank you, Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor for what you do, CEO uh, Joe Nesbitt, everybody. And thank you right now, uh, Jesse Newell, joining us right now as we get ready for another big game, College Game Day. I mean, Jesse, it's feeling like every time, and I know you're used to the Jayhawks, College Game Day loves the Jayhawks. But it's really becoming kind of almost an annual deal with Baylor and uh, in Kansas. And I think last time we did this, it was one versus two. And now it's five versus ten. So uh, it's uh, it's this is becoming a habit. And I think that's a great habit. Yeah, you know, Bill Self talked about that today in his press conference. He said, at this point in the season, if you put yourself in a position where college dandy is coming to your game, that says something pretty good about the two programs. You know, like they've got other places they could go. There's other schools out there that uh, potentially are having good seasons. But the fact that Kansas and Baylor have ended up twice now in the last three years in this game in Waco, having the eyes of college basketball on them, I, I think Bill Self kind of took that as a, a nice feather in the cap for Kansas and honestly a nice feather in the cap for Scott Drew and Baylor too. I mean, it's that both teams have had really good years and you put yourself in that position and potentially you're rewarded by in the national spotlight. So I think he's excited for this game coming up Saturday. How surprised were you to see that Baylor team, uh, obviously a couple of years ago they finally got a win at Fog Allen, just show up and lay an egg. Now it's well documented, Baylor's injuries and what are going on. But again, once you get out there, nobody's feeling sorry for you. And you got to play. I mean, Kansas has had plenty of injuries over the last couple of seasons and, and departures and all kinds of stuff that, they, that they've dealt with. So how surprising, though, you have having watched Baylor for the last three years, was it to see that lopsided of a game? And was that just, when you look back on it now, was, was that just Kansas just on fire, or did you see that more as Baylor just completely, like I said, laying an egg, or maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, you know, the more I watch these, the more sometimes I just kind of shrug and say college basketball, and uh, that's not really the type of performance that Baylor's had very often this year. You know, through all the injuries, they've had impressive wins. And it's funny, you look at some of the players, when they don't have them, you say, oh, yeah, they're missing Cryer, they're missing Flagler. Uh, but now I go back to the roster, I'm like, well, they still got, you know, Matthew Meyer, they still got, you know, Kendall Brown, they still got Akinjo. They, I mean, uh, Scott Drew's done a nice job there, not only developing talent, but bringing in talent um, so that even when you're down three or four guys that are big pieces, you're still looking at the roster and saying, hey, they got some guys that can fill in. But, you know, back to your original point, there's been a lot of games like that for Kansas this year, sort of on both sides of that ledger. And I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, hey, sometimes it's just college basketball. You know, KU, mm-hmm. you speak of college game day, KU hosted college game day with Kentucky uh, a few weeks back. You know, big time hoopla, KU was like a four-point favorite going into the game, and Kentucky just took it to them. I mean, they were making every shot came with energy, were athletic. Uh, Kentucky won 80-62. It really wasn't even that close. But, yeah, two games later, uh, Baylor comes down on Fieldhouse, you know, the very next week, and it was sort of the exact opposite. 
I think a big thing in this game uh, coming up Saturday and a big one, a big factor in that game as well is it's so important when Baylor puts up a shot, who gets the rebound because it just ignites what is going to happen really positive or really negative for both sides. And Baylor has the size advantage over Kansas when they're crafting off in the glass. And when they're sending three of the glass, um, they've got dudes that are bigger and more athletic than Kansas can do. That gives them advantage to get the ball potentially and put it back in for a score. What happened in that game was Kansas's guys were scrappy. They were getting those rebounds. And when they do, they are faster than Baylor getting in the other direction. And Kansas is one of the best teams in the nation transition. And you saw it in that game. That got away from Baylor because when Baylor didn't get the offensive rebound, Katie was getting four on three the other way, three on two the other way. They were out running Baylor to the other end, and it really got ugly uh, very quickly. So that's what that's that's why I'm sort of interested in this game. If that doesn't go Kansas's way, you can see things turning around uh, in a hurry. You know what I mean? If Baylor, instead of not getting an offensive rebound, gets it and puts it in for two, and then sets up its defense on the other end, well, that's a four or five point swing. And and you add up enough of those four or five point swings, and all of a sudden you have a game that's not like the one that was in Lawrence. So. Maybe a little bit surprised by Baylor. Obviously, they were missing uh, some key guys in that game. Cryer is the biggest one when you talk to Bill Self, just because you know he's able to uh, to help spread the floor. But uh, that that was that kind of did seem like an outlier game, and, and not the typical Baylor. I expect a much better effort coming up here on Saturday. Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star, covers the Jayhawks, and uh, I, I like how you cover them because you show. You break down plays. There's a guy named Andy Larson who covers the Jazz, and I, I love the Utah Jazz. And so I love – I like writers who, who uh, can post all those plays and sort of break them down on Twitter because I think that is a, a tremendous resource for readers. So I, uh, I really in, in, uh, in, enjoy that. I also like how you've just completely uh, on your uh, voting don't mind when the whole country's mad at you. And, uh, and, and you always back it up. You've got your reasons behind it. But uh, I've sort of come to admire that about, uh, about uh, Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Now, what is the uh, – uh, what this David McCormick, there's always – a couple of years ago it was Doak, the big man, Azabuki, just crushed Baylor in that game. I mean, he – I think he had 30 and 12 or 13. They, they, he just annihilated them. Obviously, McCormick's not that kind of size – but, Jesse, I mean, we've seen him really improve. Sometimes guys are really good early and then kind of level off. McCormick has been one of those guys who just gets better and better and better. And, like, in my mind, in a game like this, Agbaji's going to get his. I mean, he's just a great player, and he's become the best player in the Big 12. McCormick, to me, is the huge. Does Baylor have an answer for him? And the problem is Flo uh, Thamba tends to get in, in foul trouble. And, and – McCormick can probably bully those freshmen a little bit. How do you see that? And does that ring true with you at all, what I just said? Well, first off, I'm glad you said that about the AP poll because um, there were times when the, the numbers didn't like Baylor as much, and I heard from Baylor fans. But I think, I think I'm the only pollster this week that has Baylor above Kansas uh, out of the 64. So I just want to put that out there. You know, they can send roses my way. I'll be down there. You know, maybe I'll – uh, if somebody wants to buy me dinner at George's, we can we can make something happen, you know. Uh, but uh, so <laughs> I, I I would agree with you in that McCormick has been a big key for Kansas, and and usually when he plays well, Kansas plays well. And his number, you know, he's often criticized. You know, he's not always the most graceful, and I think part of his problem really was that he followed Doke. I mean, Doke 
was just a monster. I mean, the guy yeah. could go above the rim. He could catch with two hands. He could dunk. He was, I mean, everything Doak did was aesthetically pleasing except for free throws, you know? Like, it's fun to have a dude that catches lobs and dunks everything. And uh, obviously, you guys saw that a couple of years ago in that big 2020 game where Katie ran all the middle ball screens. Uh, Marcus Garrett would throw it up for Udoka, and he was slamming home. And that was a big reason that Katie was able to come away with that win. I think the good news for Baylor, if you want the good news, is that McCormick uh, re-injured his foot a little bit against K-State earlier this week. Uh, so we just got done talking with Bill Self, and if you go back and watch the film, there were some screens, um, ball screen plays that K-State ran, and McCormick just couldn't recover. Like, he, he, he couldn't follow it. He couldn't follow the screen, and, and K-State would march to the rim for a layup. And after the game, it kind of admitted to, to Bill Self, yeah, yeah, that thing was bothering me. And this is coming off last year where he had uh, surgery on that same foot. He was hurt late in the season and had to play through it in the NCAA tournament, then had surgery has never really fully recovered from it. So um, I think it's a big key to see how healthy he's going to be in not only in this game, but for Kansas the rest of the way, because uh, you make a good point for Kansas, the options behind David McCormick are not as appealing at the five position. Uh, it, it dropped off in a hurry and they've gotten some contributions from a guy like Zach Clements, who's a pick and pop five or uh, KJ Adams, who's super athletic. You can switch five with him in or Mitch Lightfoot, who's been with Kansas. Uh, ever since Wilt committed back in the 50s. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Kansas, though, is McCormick is the guy. I mean, that's the guy they want in there. And when he screens, he moves people. Uh, and, and he's been effective scoring the lane. He's one of the nation's best offensive rebounders. So I'm interested to see what kind of day McCormick set up for Kansas on Saturday because if he's the guy that I saw in a few plays against Kansas State, it's probably somebody that Baylor can pick on and somebody that Bill Self's going to have to get out of the game. Um, so – We'll see how much of a factor that plays. It definitely could be a big one if he's not able to go, or at least not able to be close to 100%, which he's been the past few weeks before this K-State game. Well, and Kansas is not bothered by enormous crowds because they're used to it. I do think this will be a fun crowd, and uh, but they won in front of a great crowd a couple of years ago. I, I, I got to say, Jesse, this Texas Tech thing interests me greatly. Not only did they you know, spoil the – uh, a big Texas game recently where they just b- basically forced their way into Tex- the Irwin Center. But I- I've got them now firmly as second in the conference behind uh, the folks in Jayhawk land at, 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 at uh, Allen Fieldhouse as the best uh, crowd in the conference. Are you Have you been as amazed as I have how – I mean, we knew it was a good program under Beard, but it's almost like the – the resentment or pure hatred toward Beard leaving has like galvanized this fan base. And to me, they've taken it to a whole different level. Yeah, they have. Uh, and you're right. Going around the Big 12, I mean, it's a little bit different when you cover Kansas because a lot of times you're going to get sellouts because it is Kansas and you don't always see the worst of the crowds. You know, like I maybe a guy like Kellis Robinette who uh, – you know, helped work at our paper for the K-State beat. Maybe he could give you a better indication of, like, what the crowds are like when it's not a marquee game. But, yeah, Texas Tech, I mean, I remember I did, like, a kind of a straw poll, anonymous poll of Big 12 players a couple years back at Big 12 Media Days and, you know, asked them, hey, what's what's your favorite crowd to go against or who do you think has the best fans in the Big 12? And Texas Tech was already getting a bunch of votes. I mean, they are loud there. They show up. They are crazy. They are passionate. And, yeah, there's a little bit of edge there. Um, there's a little bit of uh, 
we are going to shake you. Pay attention to us because we are relevant out here. And don't 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 overlook us for that Texas team over there uh, on the eastern side of the state. Uh, make sure you pay attention to us over here. So, yeah, and, and part of me too. Um, look, Mark Adams, he's going to get votes. I think he's the Big 12 Coach of the Year. Probably should get some votes for National Coach of the Year. Uh, that guy was not very successful in his first Division One stint, but uh, what he was able to do, get those late transfers and then getting those guys to buy into that defensive style and continue on what he has done uh, as the defensive coordinator at Texas Tech and getting them to a place where uh, now they are top 10 in the rankings and potentially looking at a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think it says the world about him and obviously says a lot about Texas Tech's administration. There's no doubt right now that they hired the right guy. Do you think when Baylor won that national title, uh, Kansas fans were just shocked? They, they knew Baylor had a great team, so it's not like that shocked them that they maybe made the Final Four. But it, it's just weird to run a conference for 20 years and suddenly another team wins a national title. And we all remember the one Kansas won. I was there in San Antonio when it happened. You were there too, I'm sure. But it's <laughs> – I just wonder like what the perception – does Kansas think of Baylor as a somewhat still of a flash in the pan, or at this point is Baylor like a true adversary, perhaps their biggest adversary in the conference? Yeah, I think the answer is different um, compared to what you would say fans in the program, uh, and that's what you would expect. I mean, they have Bill Self for respect. Like I said, I mean, he was glowing today about this game coming up because these are the type of games to get his blood going. Uh, he gets excited about them. Top 10 matchups, road, college game day, and uh, obviously respects what Scott Drew and the program is able to build up over time. I, I think with the fan base, there is just this lingering Scott Drew effect because uh, you guys know how it is. I'm, I'm sure people in Waco probably felt this way for a while where there was kind of a stretch of time for Scott Drew, especially when he was going to the outfield house and, and couldn't win for a, the longest time, where it, it seemed like they were getting good players, talented players, uh, but, but things just weren't clicking in the way that they are now. So that, that sort of thing for longtime fans, I think it's hard to get out of your head and change your mind. God knows it's human. Too often we do not change what we originally believe, which is horrible. I mean, we should. You, you get more information if people change over time and, and, and do different things. Like Scott Drew, for example, you know, used to always play the, the zone with all those athletic guys. Now they play this no middle man and they're amazing at it. And it's really kind of transformed their program. I know Bill Self has talked about that over time, but I would say there's just sort of the lingering perception there of what Scott Drew was, which is instead of what he is now. And, and that's, that's probably a shame, but um, a national title is a national title. To be completely honest with you, the big 12 has struggled in, in so many tournaments before about the year, 2019, you know, when Texas Tech went to the title game, then Kansas was going to be a number one overall seed in 2020. Baylor was going to be a one seed, two. 2021, Baylor wins the whole thing, so that helps. So I think it is good to help the perception of the conference, which has struggled in postseason games. Uh, but, yeah, this thing has turned out uh, to be a pretty good rivalry, a pretty good game, and uh, it's not often that Kansas goes anywhere and is an underdog, and that's going to be the case coming up here Saturday. So, like I said, they have the full respect of the Kansas program. I think – What's a little bit difficult probably for Kansas fans to follow right now um, is you talk about those two teams' trajectories over time and those two coaches' trajectories over time. Um, for all the success that Kansas has had and for kind of the, the rise that Baylor has had recently, those two teams 
with their current coaches, both have one national title. And uh, I think that's a little bit tough to stomach for Kansas fans because they would perceive the program as in much better shape. But if you look at the ultimate championship banners, hey, the tournament's a crapshoot. I understand all those things. But that yeah. being one-to-one, uh, that's a little bit difficult to swallow. Yeah, that's that's really – I love that perspective. Uh, Jesse, safe travels, and um, I will uh, – just put something on my tab there at George's. I really do appreciate the voting you've done. Uh, you've done right by the Bears and uh, the Citrano family. Great friends of mine. Great friends of our station. So uh, it's, it's the one establishment in town. It, it'd be okay to mention my name, and uh, they'll take care of you there. Okay, so keep that in mind. Well, there you have it. I picked the right one. I figured that was that uh, was the place in town, and uh, maybe I'll go by for the old chicken fried steak. We'll see what happens. Yeah, burgers are good too, and of course you need a schooner of uh, uh, you need the big O perhaps as well. Jesse, appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, pregame, so the schooner might not be on the option, but uh, burger, we'll check that out. <laughs> okay, I don't know. The uh, the story may be even more entertaining uh, with the big O uh, in, uh, involved. It is Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star has.